Welcome to Made for Profit, a podcast where we talk business in the shop and help you monetize as a maker. Each week we cover business topics to help you grow your full-time business or your side hustle. We'll also bring you interviews from a variety of people winning in their space to share valuable business insights and life lessons. I'm Brad Rodriguez, a full-time content creator running FixThisBuildThat.com, and my co-host John Malecki runs a full-time furniture company and his content site, JohnMalecki.com. We've been growing our successful businesses online, and we want to bring you into the conversation and help you grow along with us. Welcome to episode 100. Cue the trumpets, release the doves. Guys, thank you for being with us and supporting Made for Profit to get to 100 shows. Uh, Not a lot of podcasts get to 100 shows, so we thought that we want to do something special for this, something a little bit new that you've not heard before. Uh, and recently we were with a bunch of our other maker friends in Cleveland, Ohio at the Spring Make event. And while we were there, we thought this would be a great way to have a conversation and let the audience in on some of the things that we talk about, as well as just kind of challenge each other. Uh, you've heard many of these folks that are going to be on the episode on the show already. They've been there for interviews. I won't introduce them now because they're going to introduce themselves. But we just wanted to thank you for 100 episodes, and we appreciate all your support. Yeah, this is an amazing conversation. And and I know uh, personally, myself and Brad get so much value from all of our personal time when we get to spend it with all of our friends in the maker community. And this conversation is an an excellent example of that. Um, And then we just decided to to juice that thing up to 11. So uh, before we dive into it, I one more time want to thank each and every one of you who listened to myself and Brad Blabber for the last 100 episodes of this show. (laughs) It's been so much fun. This journey has been an absolute blast, and we are so looking forward to punching the next 100 shows right in the face. All right. In the nugget. No, just the face. Just punch it in the face. Next hundred are going to be amazing. Lots more interviews. Uh, this is an interview that was recorded in a ballroom of a hotel. So the audio uh, might be a little a little off. Uh, so just bear with that. And uh, even though we know our editor is going to do some magic with it. Uh, but we also want to give a special thanks before we get into the interview to our patrons. Everybody that has supported us either in the past or currently. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, You actually are literally the reason that the show is going on because uh, this is the main income stream and way that we pay for the hosting and just be able to afford paying for the time of doing this like we talked about in the last episode. So thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, We will thank our new members next week. We're actually recording this back to back. But if you did want to join that, you can go to patreon.com forward slash made for profit. And once again, thank you guys so, so much, all of our patrons. And without further ado, here is our Maker Roundtable discussion. All right, guys, welcome to Made for Profit. We have an interesting roundtable, our first ever. We are on location in Cleveland, Ohio at Spring Make, and uh, we have some awesome peers and creators of ours here. Why don't we just like quick go around the table so everybody knows who's in the room. Johnny, why don't you start us off? Johnny Brook, Crafted Workshop. <laughs> we appreciate the emphasis. Uh, April Wilkerson. Evan and Caitlin. Hello. Uh, Zach Herberholz, ZH Fabrications. More enthusiasm, please. <laughs> <laughs> Jen Woodhouse. And Laura Kampf. 
Awesome. So we have, and obviously, John and myself. Yes. Hi, I'm John. I'm John. If you guys didn't know. I feel like we shouldn't have that right in front of you, but that's yeah. a problem. <laughs> I insisted on having the microphone as close as Wait, possible. John gets the title for being the loudest one here? No. I feel like no. I'm so dethroned. A lot of loud people here. Well, I mean, it's a, it's a throne I'm willing to fight for. Right. And uh, so the, the audio is going to be a little echoey. We are actually in a ballroom of, uh, of the hotel that we're at. <laughs> So uh, not optimal, but yes. uh, yeah, we couldn't find a blanket to fit over all of us, so it's it's all good. Uh, so what we want to do is just kind of talk about some roundtable. We threw out some questions, and uh, just everybody kind of, you know, we don't necessarily have to go around one by one to just jump in if you have something to share. Um, so the first question we had come in was uh, coming up with ideas for new projects or products, and you know, what are some of the things that that recently have been working for you because uh, there's so many options out there. How do you decide on the best ones? Well, I won't start, but I would love to hear Evan and Caitlin's perspective because you guys are always doing stuff that's crazy interesting, right? <laughs> I mean, what's so funny is I mean, don't want to plug our own podcast, but our very last podcast well, it's just, was it's just a bad idea. So we can talk about how this do stuff. we come up with ideas? <laughs> <laughs> so we could go on for 45 minutes if you want. Let's just go for it. <laughs> so we'll have a link to Evan and Caitlin's podcast. <laughs> uh, and so that's their answer. All right, let's go to the next one. <laughs> Zach, what about what about you, man? For products, because you, you've been huge, obviously, on the product scene lately, stepping away a bit from content. Um, where where have you been getting your product ideas? Um, well, you know, it's it, it's a little bit of a departure from what I normally do, but uh, typically, as far as coming up with ideas, it's usually design oriented. I really like to try and think of an object that everybody has an image, and this is the example I've, I've given quite a few times. Is you say the word table, and I bet. The first thing, I bet we're all thinking of almost the exact same thing, you know, something that's flat and it has four legs. And so I like taking something like that, this, that's, that's a, a very uh, preconceived like concept of a piece and then thinking, okay, how can I do it completely differently? How can I, you know, I, how can I kind of shatter that, that, that concept that everybody has of how something that's commonplace is constructed? And that gives me a direction at least to try and change it up, to try and not use four legs, to try and maybe not have, you know, one single plane surface or whatever, you know, and depending on the, the, the item, I just, I like the challenge of trying to come up with uh, a different way to do common things. So that's usually it. Yeah. And I, and one thing I noticed from like your design aesthetic is that it's, it's always like emphasizing like artistry almost, right? So uh, for instance, you've done a couple like full metal pieces that are like absurdly scaled right that piece you did that you went and took down by the river like the art piece for instance oh, yeah, when you're looking at shapes and stuff and, and like those types of forms i uh, another thing i notice is you like to implement those into your furniture pieces whether it's being something that's that's cantilevered or thinking about how you know, the strength comes to it or whatnot when, when you're finding inspiration for those you know is that something you're seeing from architecture or are you you know, got pinterest boards or like where's that coming from because i know there every one of us has our own separate process for that but your stuff is Pretty much uniquely to you. I mean, whether you're bending a clamp out of seat champ to make your own uh, seat at Fabtech with the rest of us, or you're just yeah. forging something insane. It's always uh, interesting to see how you how you're playing with the material itself. Yeah, I, I really try not to. I mean, I have I have folders and folders, and I'm sure everybody else here, your cell phone is has four million pictures that you've taken of things that don't make any sense, <laughs> like. 
you know, that for some reason just inspire you could just be a shape. Like when we walked through that arcade here, I was like, man, mm-hmm. those trusses are amazing. So I took a bunch of pictures of them. I'll probably never go back and look at them. But um, I try not to, I really find that when I'm trying to come up with that, if I'm trying to come up with something unique, which to me is what, that's what motivates me. I, I want to do something that, that people haven't seen before or that, that has some, you know, almost shock value to it to where it's, if you walk in the room and it's there, it's your people are going to talk about it. And, uh, so I think that, uh, I try not to look at too many, like if, for instance, if, uh, not that I've ever made a cutting board, but if I were to make a cutting board, the last thing I want to do is get inspiration from other people's cutting boards. Mm. I'll look at things that aren't cutting boards Mm -hmm. and maybe try and see if there's a unique design that I could work into that. So, if I'm going to design a, a chair, I'll look at, you know, a ca- like maybe couches or maybe beds or maybe some other, or maybe just buildings or architecture, something that is definitely not what I'm trying to build. Because otherwise, even if, even if you're not intending on copying things, sometimes that, sometimes it just bleeds in and you don't even realize it. And then you draw a design and you look back and you're like, oh, I, that's totally a ripoff from this thing that I didn't want to copy. Yeah, and now I can't, now nothing looks right but that one thing that I really like. So yeah. for me, trying to almost avoid, um, you know, the, those, those pieces that, like pigeonholing yourself. In exactly. It's really easy to do that. asking for. Yeah. That's, that's the, that's the hole that, that I try to avoid falling into. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's like Laura, well, yeah. when you were on yeah. and you talked about that, you don't even necessarily like to. <laughs> it's not, it's not me. Phone it's is Jen. Going Jen. Off. Jen is being iPhone or silence. They look so similar. You want to start again? But, but Laura, you're, uh, I just remember when when we had you on and you talked about like you, sometimes you don't even like like drawing it down, yeah, because like you'll kind of like lose it or be like, ah, oh, that's not you know whatever you drew down didn't match what was in your mind, yeah. And that was kind of like a a great way to think about things and and because it's hard to put your mind around something. Yeah, exactly. And sometimes it's just a um, just a feeling, or you want to go for a color, or you saw a shape that you think is inspirational, and then. I sometimes just get started and not knowing where I'm going to end up is so entertaining for myself. Like those are my, my favorite builds where, uh, for example, the, I found an old remorse suitcase and I knew I wanted to turn it into a boombox, and that's, that's all I knew. And then, then I got started. So you clean it and then you see the shapes and the color come to life and you think, Oh yeah, walnut might be good for that. And so you take it step by step and that is just so freaking entertaining. Yeah. And one thing that I that I uh, that always helps me um, take the pressure out of idea finding is um, usually people think like I have to find a good idea, you know, I have to have a good idea, and that's not true. Like bad ideas are just as entertaining and just as well, uh, you know. <laughs> you, you can build something that doesn't make any sense, or nobody else would ever cut a bicycle in half to weld in a cup holder. But that's still a fun process. It's still the same process as if I would have built something that's actually a good idea. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's that's interesting because like even around this table, like April, your stuff is like so like I think in your channel is like you know making things that you need, like you know working your way through life. So yours is very different, and a lot of ours are you know instructional, and you know Evan and Caitlin, you guys are doing a ton of experimenting <laughs> with different stuff. So and then and Jen, yours are you know furniture based a lot, and like in the beauty that it's it's funny because like. 
you know, that would be something that would totally wouldn't be <laughs> yeah, appropriate sorry. or not appropriate. <laughs> They'd just be like, what is Brad doing? Like, that makes <laughs> like this is not logical at all. We're, yeah. I'm out of here. So yeah, hearing yeah. like the different aspects and uh, even in just this small group of us, like it can be so different. Yeah. I think for my content, it's really the process is everything. So it doesn't even matter what I'm making. It's just about um, how to get from one step to the next one and how to problem solve and what materials I pick for that. So it doesn't really matter what I'm building. Yeah. I think, I think. I think something interesting when you're thinking about uh, new product or design or trying to be innovative is looking at like the spectrum of the entire piece as well as piecing out the parts that go into it. Because it doesn't always necessarily have to be the entire project that's going to quote unquote break the internet or mm -hmm, something, right? Mm -hmm. So like looking at it in, in scope, like if you're trying to design or build new product for the resale, you don't have to change the entire product in order to sell it. You can you can add a little flair or a little twist or a little point or something that's just relevant to you or the market you're trying to sell to. Because a lot of our listeners, they're not making content. And when you're making content, you have a little bit more of an opportunity for creative freedom because the market for what you're selling is viewership, not so much a product for sale. Mm -hmm. But when I'm when I'm trying to when I was looking at you know developing a product line based on where I was, I looked at like the scope of what people were buying. And then I could do something smaller, individualized within that to sell to that market. And instead of trying to absolutely change everything and go in a completely different direction, you find small parts. And, and I think when you're listening to individuals who are as creative as like this circle here, it can be e very easy to be like, my goodness, I have no talent. I'm awful because it's. That's like what I do. I'm sitting here. I'm like, no, everybody thinks well, that, right? Like, yeah, right. Who doesn't think everybody that? Feels like fraud. And so I feel like, uh, you know, I, I wanted to set the preface for our listeners that like, you don't have to be the most creative individual on the planet in order to make some really interesting, beautiful changes to yeah. what you're already doing, mm -hmm. in order to create some, you know, really cool new. Yeah. kind of quoted product. Well, I think it's easy to put like idea formation on such a pedestal. And just like you were saying, you can come up with one thing that is unique. Maybe you go on Pinterest or, and, and you find one specific design element you like and then combine that with something else in a different way. It doesn't have to be every single element uniquely formed from only your brain in a vacuum. Mm -hmm. So, But I also think that when you're saying like go for something crazy, when we're generating ideas, we don't allow each other, the other to shoot any idea down. When we're in idea generation mode, everything's on the table. Mm -hmm. And then mm -hmm. at the end, we say, what of that was viable and how can we combine it? Because you may think that this is a dumb path to go on, but then while I'm talking about it, Caitlin will be like, well, wait, that, there, there actually is something there if you twist it like this or do whatever. So I think when you're coming up with ideas, that's when you shouldn't put any restraints on it. And even if you're like, well, I can't do that because that'll take too long and I only have a week, think about it more and say, oh, well, if I just get this prefab thing or if I pull this in from there, it might be possible. Yeah. And I think that that surprise, especially for the viewers, is, I think, a really good thing for the end result of the video. I think that's that's a necessary thing when you're coming up with ideas. Like, you're going, you're going, it's uncharted territory and you're going to hit roadblocks. But I think mm -hmm. that, that persistence, um, you know, the mindset of, I try and approach when, when that happens, I'm like, no, there has to be a way. There's always a way. Mm -hmm. And very rarely, I mean, that's where the create the creativity comes from is when you don't accept no, when you don't, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. if, if <laughs> when you, yeah. It, and yeah, that's the, the that's the best part. Mm -hmm. I think that that is where like the, that's where the ideas come from is mm -hmm. when you, when you get to a roadblock and you go, 
okay, I know what I want to do, but there's nobody's done it before. Or I can't figure mm-hmm. out a way to support this yeah. thing or join this thing. Yeah. Don't I, I, let yourself think that there's not a way. And yeah. eventually you'll yeah. come up with a creative solution and yeah. there's your, you know, I think that's where the gold is. I mean, just, just to give people like a specific concrete example, when we were trying to build that desk that we built that had a desk and cable storage and LEDs and a huge thick slab of resin, thinking about how to do that in like three or four days seemed ridiculous. But then I added T-slot aluminum framing to it, and then we built the entire frame of the desk in 30 minutes. Mm. And then we had the rest of all of those days for the parts that we couldn't really speed through. And I think that sometimes coming up with idea, and if you, even if you say, okay, well, I can't make this happen now. Let's put this right here. Let's pin this. I'm excited about this. Mm. A week, a month, or whatever down the line, you might see something yeah. that okay. finishes the puzzle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's interesting how you just you kind of segued into the the next question we got, which is uh, about materials is that um, like Laura, for instance, you'll let a material or a, you know, something you find inspire a project. And then, you know, flipping that to what you were just talking about, Evan is like, if you see something that can add value to an existing idea or concept in a project, you can eliminate, you know, time or you can add value with whatever it might be as far as resale goes or utilitarian aspects of the project itself so not limiting yourself to being like, I'm a woodworker who only wants to work with walnut ever, you know. <laughs> that, then, that was us for a little bit. <laughs> yeah. but, no. but I think what, what happens there is lack of creativity can come from your lack of resourcefulness because you're not putting yourself in those situations, right? You're not putting yourself in a difficult, you know, oh my goodness, I only have one day with yeah. this material in my shop because everything's closed or it's Christmas and like nothing's open. I can't do that. I think it's interesting to always see what you're capable of doing in those types of situations. And, and it Using seems like what you got. Yeah. Because that's like, April, your, your um, lumber storage rack. And like you, you kind of used what the material you had on hand from the bandsaw mill, right? Exactly. So like when you're going through that, that process, did you have that process? The, like you just had the idea of a stand and then you just kind of freeformed it based on what you had on hand? Or did you design it and then be like, okay, now how do I fit what I have to, to work with what I designed originally? Yeah, so I took stock of all the scrap material that I had uh, that was reasonably sized, like two by two square material and under. And I had a bunch of two by two and some one and a half inch. And then I thought, okay, let's start designing. I need a material rack, so I'm going to start designing and see how big of a rack I can get with just the, this material. And I was hoping to make one big frame and then arms on both sides, but I didn't have enough material for that. So then the idea just warped to just one-sided. And then now whenever I have scrap metal, I'm making arms on the other side. <laughs> so, I mean, and, and I like throwing that out there to people saying, hey, wait until you have scraps for this sort of project. Like this is not a project that you should go out and buy stuff for because it's a great kind of scrappy thing to where things don't have to be the same size. They don't have to be the same thickness. All you just need is a bunch of metal. So just wait until you have a bunch of cutoffs, and this is the great project to use it all up. Yeah, I think like what's what's beautiful about that is if you look at like fine furniture makers, they're always finding inspiration from scraps and specific material, right? There might be a grain pattern or a curve. I think uh, I think uh, Spags was building his uh, that media console where he was doing the curved feet and used the natural curves in the grain, but like he that opportunity doesn't present itself unless you're sorting through materials and you're looking at stuff and sometimes you'll find you know a killer piece of scrap that you had no idea until you start to mill it down to use it for something else and you're like wow this could be gorgeous in another another build i'm gonna hold that for Mm -hmm. the future rush out nakashima like made himself who he was you know 
So, so I think like, uh, so segueing over to like the next question is like, you know, what are your, all your thoughts on restricting yourself to certain material types? Because I feel like in a space where you're, you can easily dictate what you're doing based on what's popular at the moment or what's be, your audience is asking for, you can go, you can stick yourself somewhere quick and be like, oh, I only work with pallet wood or I only work with resin or I only work with whatever. And I know a lot of us right now are, uh, you know, seeing massive changes on platform. You know, I guess uh, to just throw it out there on whoever wants to answer it, like touch on that a little bit on, you know, changes in what we're seeing right now with the maker community and material types and such. I mean, I think everybody's experimenting more now than ever before. And it's interesting because I think a lot of us have progressed past like the basic furniture pieces, you know, so now we're kind of getting a little bit bored with like the standard coffee table or whatever. So it's interesting because like some of us are moving a lot more into like home renovation stuff or like building buildings or, you know, working with crazy amounts of resin or metal or whatever, you know, like it's because I, I, I think to set yourself apart, you know, building another coffee table out of, you know, walnut and some hairpin legs probably is not going to do as well. Um, but to me, that's super exciting because I don't want to build, you know, walnut coffee tables with hairpin legs for the rest of my life. So um, that's the interesting thing, even though we might have restrictions as far as or restrictions we put on ourselves as far as like what we think our audience might do. We don't have that kind of commercial drive to sell these products so they can be ridiculous. They can not really work that well but uh like yeah, a hairpin really table with walnut legs yeah. <laughs> yeah. right there you go it's like game of thrones looking just yeah thousand hairs yeah. totally useless no flats <laughs> yeah. yeah you store like you like hook things on it's it like but you have to like set your coffee in between them just carve angles in the top so yeah but it, it's kind of interesting though at, like when you really think about that about how different uh, being a product maker because that's kind of what you want to do like if you're because yeah. you know, kind of half of our audience is people who just build and the other half probably a little bit more you know and they're trying to sell things and like they're trying to figure out how to make that that walnut trestle table the same and as efficient as they can and we're like yeah we did that once and like we, we weren't that efficient yeah. but we learned x y and z and like I will never make that again because like nobody's gonna watch the second video of you making. I look at these little adjustments I made. Like <laughs> I made this uh, you know five hours faster. Like that is not a compelling compelling video. Uh, so I think you know just like hearing that out loud that is such an interesting um, difference between the content world and the product world that it's like completely different. And like I said, like I think everybody's evolving and. And like once you're you've done all those normal basic things, it's like, well, what's next? Yeah. And the idea generation that we just talked about kind of comes into that. But the see, yeah, I'm, I'm like already going down the road of how I can make a hairpin table. Of <laughs> and, 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 and as ridiculous as that sounds, like those, I think those are the kind of like mental exercises mm -hmm. that you need to be doing yeah. because I'm thinking, man, I could like take those those you know the hairpin legs smash like 50 of them on my hydraulic press, flatten them out, and then make wooden light. Like, that would be a cool video, and it's totally yeah. ridiculous, yeah, like you were awesome. saying. Like, there's no point, but that's, I think that's where, like, the artistic approach is, is it's, it's more about the concept. It's more about the ideas. And, and, and the and story, you, right? Yeah, I and, mean, that's a, that's a cool yeah. story. And, and, yeah, the challenge, a story. and the challenge of, like, the sometimes those creative solutions that you come up with when you're trying to think those mm -hmm. things through might give you an idea for an entirely different project. I mean, you think of the hairpin legs, and I was just thinking, well, 
you know, if you had them upside down, you could actually use them for cup holders and stuff mm -hmm. somehow. And who knows? I mean, that might just lead you down an entirely different tangent for a totally different project yeah. that, that was born out of this, the most ridiculous jumble of a basic concept, you know? So I think just daydreaming and like allowing yourself, like you were saying, don't shut down any idea yeah. when you're mm -hmm. generating ideas. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you guys play the game where like the elementary game where, People get you on a roll of saying yes to everything. We don't and then play they, games. This is a problem. Well, you know, <laughs> they, 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 they ask you a series of questions, and you get so sick of saying yes, 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 and then they ask you a ridiculous question, and you just automatically reply uh, yeah. yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, it's the same thing works in opposite, too. If you keep telling yourself no with ideas, and if you shut down that momentum of creativity, it shuts it down. So I think, like, yeah. you know, allow yourself that, that those ridiculous ideas and that, you know, yeah. I think one, one thing that all of us deal with as people who make products and people who make videos, they're, they're both related, but they're two kind of separate things. And we need to run a business around keeping people interested in what we're doing. And I think that when we're talking about coming up with ideas and looking at different materials, we need to think about it also from our audience's perspective, as we don't want to fatigue anybody. But at the same time, from a business perspective, I think this is a concept I'm stealing from Ben but Ben is really great at creating little capsules of content. He does his like welding, he does his concrete, he does his, you know, little segments. Yeah, and I think that clustering, clustering, you know, what'd I say? Capsule. Capsuling, I like that. It's like, a little, I'm, thinking, I'm thinking like Mario World, like, yeah, they just take the capsule. Yeah. But like, then, then when people find your content later, they go in a little loop and YouTube loves that. So I think that it's always also interesting when we're talking about all of this, from our perspective, we're, trying to take, I think, both into account at all times. So, I mean, for people who are just making for fun, I wonder if it's very different for them. I, I disagree a little bit. Oh, you do? Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I think, I mean, that's, that's the cool thing about YouTube, right? There's um, a million different ways to approach this. And from my perspective, the, as I mentioned before, like the process and the, my creativity, like that's the, that's my holy spark. Like nobody can touch that. And I'm super protective of that. And I think the only way for me to keep my audience interested is to keep myself interested. So mm -hmm. I try not to listen to anything at all. And I'm very protective of my idea finding process, even to a point that I talked about that a little bit with April, um, that I'm super sensitive to suggestions. Like I don't want to hear anybody else's approach. I don't want to hear anybody else's ideas. I don't want to know what's popular. I don't want to know what's not popular. I, I'm just trying to focus. What am I interested in? And that ties it in with the material and inspiration thing. I, I kind of keep my shop or try to have my shop as a museum of inspiration. So whenever I see something that's cool, even though I'm not, I'm not planning to build a walnut table, but I see this beautiful slab, I will take it and put it in the shop. I know it's there. Um, I was just in San Francisco and I found an old wind up military phone like i have no room in my suitcase <laughs> at all like i had to leave a sweater um, but <laughs> sacrifice <laughs> but i took the phone i don't know what i'm gonna do with it hey you know what you should do with it call you <laughs> <laughs> no i was just making a joke because you don't like that <laughs> oh yeah but yeah i had that reaction like no i don't want to know what to do with it make a sweater <laughs> I'm down with sweaters. Yeah. This is like the no. sweater. <laughs> no, but I think I think everybody is different there, and it's really important that once you found your source of inspiration mm -hmm. and what keeps you going, source of motivation maybe as well, like protect that, keep that in check. 
Well, I think it's interesting because for us, like, like being excited about the video is the number one important thing for me. But I think that if we just did exactly what we wanted, would have like a four month long resin channel, <laughs> like it all would be doing this resin. Not that there's anything wrong with that. But I think another thing that's been exciting us so much recently is the video itself. We really have like thought about that is one of the most important things that we're creating. Yeah. And like the, the day before we came out here, we spent six hours to create a 30 second intro <laughs> skit. So like for like an upcoming video, we just- And the video topic itself that it's about is not the most exciting thing. It's just something we need for our house, but we were like, we wanna make this super fun for us. So we did an entire like infomercial basically for the beginning of our video. Yeah. But like sometimes it's the video itself that we yeah. get really excited about too. Yeah. I think the importance in the conversation, like the takeaway is pretty much that if, if in order to find happiness in doing something like this specifically, you have to be able to take an audit of yourself or your brand or how you're doing things. And, and that's in any kind of business, right? If you're not willing to like answer the hard questions that are like, I don't want to hear external influence, but I'm in a space that's extremely loud. Well, you got to hold true to like that part. Or if it's more important to be excited about making anything than it is the actual end product, then you got to like hold that to, uh, to be like the most important thing about your brand. And, and what's easy to fall into is the trap in, in business specifically of just following the next person in line in front of you. Mm -hmm. And especially when you're making products, right? Like you go on your you know, Google search locally and there's a bunch of people are buying farmhouse tables. Well, I like money. I want to make things. <laughs> I'm going to just follow that trend, right? And it's easy to go down that path and then just get stuck or feel uninspired or not try new materials. And I think when you're trying to balance uh, – your influences and you're listening to a podcast like this, right? You've got me and Brad who are uh, constantly trying to add value as far as the business side of things goes. Well, don't shy away from, you know, that creative aspect and what, where happiness comes from. Even if you are selling things like, yeah, you got to suck it up. You got to eat it. If you mm -hmm. want to like make a living doing something you love. But with that comes that internal audit, that uh, that look at yourself in the mirror going like, this is what I want to hold to. And this is what I'm going to do. I'm not going to, you know, sell out and chase this, or I'm not going to go and try and be like that person. I'm going to be me and I'm going to hold this to heart. I think that's important. Right? And I kind of feel like in that conversation, you know, that's, that's what my main takeaway was. And, um, and for listeners who are like, well, you know, I'm trying to do something completely different. Like what, you know, what does that mean for me? I think that's what it means is like, look at yourself in the mirror. Who do you want to be? And then take that and apply it to, to whatever you're doing, right? Yeah. So if you were doing something completely different, Laura, and you wanted to still have no external influence on your creativity, you wouldn't, right? If you were doing graphic design or if yeah. you were building houses, just because you're a YouTuber doesn't mean you have to like sell out to what the market of YouTube no, asks no, not for. not at all. Not, and, and the thing is, um, and that always calms me down a little bit because I, uh, I also fall into traps of, oh my God, like my channel is not growing. Why is this video not performing? Like, especially... When I'm in a weak spot where I, I wasn't maybe too sure on the project, I could have used a little bit more time, you know, yeah. maybe I'm not super happy with the video. Those are the videos that make me vulnerable to all these things. But the thing is, there's nobody that you can compare yourself to. Like I, I can even compare myself to myself because maybe I would be uh, more successful if I would speak in my videos. Mm. Maybe I would be more successful if I was a guy. Who who the hell knows? Like, there's no point in you might comparing as well yourself. Do what you want to do. Exactly, <laughs> like, exactly. No, like you will never find out if no. you 
But if if you get stuck on the idea, how can I maximize the success of myself? Blah, 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 blah. It's it, it's a road to unhappiness. It, it, I think I, like I mean, it'll I, weigh I you down. I've been there. Like I, I've been do, I've been full time for about three years now. In the mm -hmm. first year and a half, two years. The first year and a half to two years, I was just focused on growth and and, and all of that, and 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 it it shut me down. I'm like, this is not why I got into this. Mm. It's it's not. Mm. I got into make. I mean, no, I don't think anybody, uh, you know, that has a successful job or a moderately successful job, just one day says, I'm going to start woodworking so that I can make money. <laughs> I mean, or or fabricating or building or whatever it is, whatever craft you have. I mean, I think that's what makes it a craft. It's something that you enjoy doing. Yeah. And, and, and it might, you know, it's, you might eventually evolve into where that, for me, that, that took over for a bit. And mm. it was like, that was my, and I realized like, no, this is, this is why I, this is why I left my job and started doing this is because it started owning me as mm. soon as, as soon as I changed myself, uh, you know, to, to, to fulfill other needs or, or first this other end motive. Mm. And it's, I mean, it sounds kind of cliche, but it's like the Zen approach. Like if you're, if you're happy in the moment doing what you're doing, mm -hmm. like you're, then, you know, yeah. that's, that's the ultimate. And if, if, if it's always, if you're always looking down the road and you're always trying to, to, to strive to this destination, like, I just don't think you're ever going to get there. And yeah. I, I mean, maybe it's different for, for a lot of people, but you know, I think that's, you know, everybody got into this cause they really enjoyed doing it. Yeah. And I think the most I think the thing that doesn't get discussed enough is inspiration. Oh, if I will you, have a talk about that tomorrow, my friend. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if, if you are if you are inspired, if you are inspired enough, if you are, that's the root I think of everything, mm -hmm. and that's why burnout happens is because mm -hmm. people they 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 trade that value away for other things instead mm -hmm. of. Waking up and going, oh my God, I don't care about anything else. I'm just so excited that I get to go make this thing or design this thing or create yeah. this thing. And that's, that's what fuels you. Even if you're not good at it, eventually you will be. Because with, with inspiration comes motivation, comes persistence, comes you, you don't care. You're going to get there because you enjoy the process. Yeah. You will yeah. succeed. Well, um, I think, yeah. I, th I think it's hard because like when you're first starting out a business, there's all this pressure to like, oh, you have to hustle, 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 and you can't sleep, and you have to sacrifice everything. And, like, we've fallen victim to feeling that, too. You know, like, we've definitely gone through those phases. But I think the thing that is hard to keep in mind during those crazy startup times is that being happy, like, having inspiration, having fulfillment is important for sustainability. So even if that hustle gets you through year one, but then you crash and burn out, there, you have no business. It's left, the, it's you know? the classic, the you know, tortoise and the hare story. Yeah. I mean, classic. Classic. Sorry. <laughs> I want to like keep on this <laughs> and, and go maybe like, because so we're all full-time creators here, uh, which is just amazing in and of itself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we get that we are at work right now. Yeah. Uh, so like, why don't we like specifically go around and, and um, Jen, like what, you know, from just starting over here and like something that you've learned by being, because I think there's, we have so many uh, folks that listen that, that they kind of are striving to go full time with their woodworking or be a full time content creator. Like what's and you're pretty wide open, but like what's something that really that you've either learned like that, yeah, the hustle's there, but you can't hustle too hard or, you know, not the piece of advice, but just like, you're like, Oh my gosh, after being doing this for full time for three years now, like this is what's so important to me or what I've learned in there. What your mantra is. Yeah. Right? Just so basically, cool. yeah. Like what have you learned in three years? Go. <laughs> <laughs> you have 30 seconds. 
One sentence. 20, and you know, we don't have to start with you, Jen, if you want to. <laughs> 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 but I, I, I kind of want to hear from everybody. Because I feel like I'm off the beaten path. I, I disagree with a few different points. I'm closest to you, Laura, on I stick to what it is that I want to do at my root. I firmly believe that if you are passionate and you start this in a very organic, don't start this because you want to make money. That's yeah. the wrong approach. But if you start this with an organic passion, then you will be way more likely to succeed and find an audience that truly values and loves you because that come, is going to come through. But where I don't agree, Zach, is, and this isn't, this isn't it's supposed to be negative. It's just a statement of not everybody will make it regardless of how passionate they are. And I feel like that is like as harsh as it is, it's important to throw out there. I, and I, and I listened to what's that Rose Jim Rowe? Micro, micro. micro. Yeah. I listened to micro comment on on this that the, the the flowery view is chase your passion because if you do you will succeed and he says that is the wrong advice to be giving say you have a, a greater chance at succeeding and um, you should at least give it a go but don't go into it thinking there's no way to fail at it and he and he said it in micro's very well communicated <laughs> wordy way and or non wordy way. And it just really struck me on, you know what? That's really awesome advice that I never heard growing up. Yeah. Uh, it's always reach the stars because you will you will land. The thing is also that if you ask successful people, how did you get here? They will say with persistence and because that's the, I always wanted that. But you don't ask unsuccessful people like, exactly. how did you get here? You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. How much money did yeah. you lose? Yeah, what did you yeah. have to sacrifice? And yeah. what did you never gain back? How long did you? Yeah, yeah exactly. I agree with you. It's, it's very we'll, important we'll to be real. Oh, no, no, no. I, I mean, still think that you should give it a try. I just think that people should be aware that just there because I, I personally know lots of people who put their heart and soul into it and unfortunately they are they are just not getting off the ground with yeah. it i think one of the hard things is um if like your only aim is is following passion and, and you think okay if i just do this that's, mm -hmm. that's all i have to worry about and then you come up against something like oh i have to pay my taxes yeah. or oh i have to like reach out to sponsors i'm not passionate about that you might skip over exactly. those things because it's not following the passion yeah, and then there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff that isn't and, fun. Yeah, and that's the problem. People want to get into this because they're passionate about making and building. And they think how amazing would it be to have a career where I get to do that every day. But my job as a content creator is only what 20% of actual building. The rest of it is very, very much marketing, finances, mm -hmm. travel, uh, community. I mean, there's just so much that goes into it. You wear all the hats when you're self-employed as any yeah. self-employed person cool can for know. product too, right? For, if you're yeah. because that's what we hear like product people. Like if you they're like, I just want to build, but guess what? If you're not if you can't sell like billing, you can't if you can't invoice your people, yep. you can't run a business. Like there's so much that in your business taxes. context. <laughs> yeah. and insurance. Right. And that's like the impetus for the show is that is is to for us to talk about business, obviously, and and help provide some of that stuff for marketing online. And um and I love what, what Jimmy Darissa talks about about like, uh, would it not be indisputable, but like be undeniable. Like yeah. if you're undeniable, then like, that's why I think you're hitting on Zach is like, like your, you know, your hammers. I think it's like when people make stuff that is so beautiful or just so different that it's like, it's just undeniable yeah. that it's going to gain traction on its own by just like, you can put stuff on Instagram and it's going to move and people are going to buy that. But if somebody's trying to make a coffee table, like we talked about earlier, like, coffee tables just aren't undeniable. Like even if you make a super nice walnut coffee table, you know, like that's been done a hundred, a thousand times. And that's not undeniable. I think a lot of people think that Ooh, it would be so awesome to be a woodworker full time. And like, I'm just going to, I'm going to be undeniable. I'm going to put my head down and I'm going to make the best coffee tables. 
if you're not doing the marketing, the invoicing, you know, all those things that you need to do to that's actually a, make money. That's also part of the creative process. I mean, like, you know, I think that's, that's, it's definitely a part of the, the process. If you're like, if you, th- if you really think that you're, that you're making a, a, an incredible product and being honest with yourself and yeah, but so you, many people are who so many creative people are not so business minded. Exactly. And that goes back to your point, John, on auditing yourself. Like people don't, I don't think that, especially the people that I've come across in life, it's, it's just obvious that they don't spend a lot of time trying to get to know themselves and they want to, they have an idea of who they want to be. And so that's, they make decisions based on that, which, you know, there's something to be said for that. But I think it's really important to know yourself so that if you know you're bad at time management or you're, you're really good at putting off the things that you don't like to do. And if you don't like to do billing or editing or marketing, then don't go into this thinking that you're going to succeed because that's the person that you want to be. But you know what I mean? So, I mean, there's lots of things that tie into one another. I think there's always a a creative solution. It goes back to that. Like there's, there's gotta be a way. Oh, there definitely is. And it might be different. You suck it it up. I mean, that's a, that's the thing. When, when, when you say I want to be a, full-time maker it doesn't matter if that's on on youtube as a content creator or as you know building furniture if that is your goal then you will have to compromise there mm-hmm. will be a thing like you, yeah you, you have to suck it up and well, do that's stuff the passion that, aspect yeah if you're yeah. if you're willing enough. to yeah. trudge through the yeah. crap like yeah. i hate billing like i am so bad at it, it mm-hmm. t- like i'm usually like three months behind on billing but like I still have to get it done or else yeah. we would be yeah. broke, you know? So like Or you come I, up with an alternative. Yeah. You put somebody else in yeah, place. Exactly. But some people don't have the ability to think, I'm yeah. not good at this, so let, what's another solution? Yeah. Well, yeah. But they're really yeah. good at coming up quit. with these amazing uh, uh, artistic beautiful pieces or just like super efficient ways of doing it. Like they have everybody has different strengths. Yeah. And I'm just I always caution people. Some people don't make it regardless of how passionate they are. I have a question. Yeah. Quick question. Who here had a weekend, like a full weekend full of Netflix, just eating, (laughs) cooking, (laughs) meeting friends this year? Right. I'm doing it right now. I was going to say, we're recording a podcast. This is for you. No, but it's always for you guys. Yeah, we don't take weekends. Since we started the channel. I I I mean, I don't really do that either, because if I do that, I get antsy and I feel like... There's two. So I will say, like, the definition of being an entrepreneur is creating systems and processes in which you can have other people fulfilling those tasks. And that's exactly what you're touching on, April, is that... If you want to get into being in business for yourself, first off, you need to realize you're not going to be the only person doing it forever. Like if you get good, you need to supplement and you need to create opportunities to outsource the things you don't want to do because when those fall off and you start to get larger, they become more impactful on the general scope of the business. Or just things that take a lot of time. Like so, I like to edit, but yeah. I have an editor because that is one of the most time-consuming things in So the doing that world. self-audit and giving yourself that opportunity is great. But the only reason I've had a weekend is because... I built the process to give myself that weekend so I could go to DC and propose to my fiance. Hey. Like, that was, but that was a, so like I created the system to give me that weekend. If you are fine with eating up your free time, I feel like then that's great. Like mm-hmm. I, and I don't get me wrong. That's mo- that's 95% of the time is that there's, you know, a weekend is five hours in the morning of me working and then catching up with whatever else going on. But I think the, I think the scope of, the world today and how we all perceive things is what's creating this 
idea that working for yourself and being an entrepreneur is this fluffy cake, pretty life. It's because what I, what oh, I, I put on Instagram, what totally you put on Instagram. Versus the alternative, yeah. I worked 32 years. Uh, well, I mean, I worked you until I was 32 I've worked until I was 32 years, and I've had, I'm not even exaggerating, I've probably had 20 jobs, and I hated every yeah. single one of them, and my quality of life was so terrible, and I was so chronically depressed Huh. And my life's pretty awesome now. I'm not yeah. going to lie. This is un- unbelievable. Every day that I get to wake up and do whatever I want to do. It's the most amazing thing. And everybody listening should quit your but job. You had to ask. <laughs> <laughs> because Sorry. it's better. It's I'm better than your job. Sorry. But like, you have to be able to ask yourself those hard questions, right? Like you're sitting in a job or doing something that you don't want to do. Whether it's billing, editing, working for the man, whatever it might be. You have to be able to look in the mirror and ask yourself, is this truly what I want to be doing right now in this yeah, moment. If, and if it's not, then create an opportunity to change it. Don't just sit there and whine. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of us are uh, in a position that like whining has been put on the back burner a long time ago. Like we sit here in confidence and like complain about stupid stuff that happens in our lives now. You whine. But for the you mo- whine. <laughs> yeah, I'm a huge complainer. <laughs> but for the most part, we're willing to suck it up and get done whatever needs done for the sake of, yeah. you know, whatever our goals might be. And, if you're going to hold something important in this situation, it's that. It's like if you want to be in business for yourself, you got to be willing to, to put on your hard hat and go to work, regardless yeah. of what it is. Whether you're digging the ditch or you're the one in the limelight, you know, at the end of the day, getting the glory. Mm-hmm. The whole spectrum that's yours, and you got to own that. People should be happy, and yeah. <laughs> I mean that's the bottom so line. And if you're not happy, change something. The and, whole and, roundabout and, conversation, I think, here is that if you're not putting happiness on your radar. As an individual, whether you're making products, whether you're uh, a YouTuber, whether you're someone that would like to try to do one or the other, that you will 100%, 100% of the time, let that fall to the side, right? You're going to let your happiness, your quality of life, your wellness, all of the things that are easy to just go, I'll eat ramen noodles and I will work 15 hours a day for the next three years to get to my goal. And then you get there and you're dying because you're not taking care of yourself. You're extremely unhappy. You have no friends. You're not, you don't have any quality relationships, no one to share all of your victories with. Mm. And it's because you weren't looking at that, that line item of happiness and wellness or whatever you, you want to call really it. You never really get to the goal. The goal is always shifting. And then that's the other that's, thing. It's like, yeah. you think, oh, I got to 100,000 subscribers. I'm going to be super happy. Yeah. And it's like, oh, man. That's a false Now I'm like 130, <laughs> and now I want to be a It's endless. Well, we, happiness we, comes from different places, right? Yeah. Like, go ahead. We, we have been in hustle mode for over two years. Mm-hmm. We've been trying to figure out what type of videos we want to make, what we're doing, how many channels we want, all of that. And I can, I can, I can More say channels. now, <laughs> we have three, yeah. But um, I think seven is just magic. Yeah. <laughs> just about like a week or two ago, we realized that we're we, we like where we're at. We don't want to start any more things. We just want to get ahead. And if we get a couple videos ahead, we're going to be okay. Just relaxing. I mean, it. There, there is a point where like. I think that I heard you just, say that a year ago. I was like, and, and, and maybe I'm deluding it myself, but, but just two videos ahead. <laughs> but like happiness is on your radar, right? Like yeah. your goal yeah. is to work towards balance. happiness. But a little bit ago, we got two videos ahead and we were so happy. We were relaxing. We were taking more time. We were like taking some time at the end of the day. We were stopping after dinner. I mean, we've experienced it and it's great. But I, th- I think that during that hustle phase, like everyone said, 
it's a lot of hustle, especially at the beginning. Because in the beginning, okay, handing off editing. What if you don't know what your editing style is? Yeah. You know, you have to figure that out. What if you don't know what companies you want to work for? What if you don't, like, you have to kind of do it yourself because there is no rule book yeah. for any of this. Because well, there's no And I also think yeah. that's a valuable point. Yeah. And what I wanted to share for your question that we never got to, because uh, I sent us on a, <laughs> on a different tangent. But like, what, what's, what's advice over the last three years? And my, my main takeaway has always been like, there's never one formula and us at the table, yeah. all of the different viewpoints so different. and how we have, we're all successful enough yeah. to do this full time. So, and not all of us are the same, not, not yeah. two of us are the yeah. same. So different roads. Yeah. Together. Yeah. So regardless of what it is, the main objective is to find your passion, chase happiness and to not be thinking there's only one way to succeed. Yeah. I mean, I think that Simone has a good saying, the best way to be the leader in your field is to create a new field. <laughs> and then you, you know, it's like, we are the best Evan and Caitlin channel there is. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like, be, be who you are. And be I think, are. I think so another thing about an that, ask for every seat. The, the, follow your passion. I think that there's another way to go about that because not everyone knows what they're passionate about. Mm -hmm, yeah. It's like, it, you, you kind of have to find it in a way, but I think the best way, the, a better advice instead of be happy or find your passion and do that is, like work hard at a lot of different things, find what you're good at. And oftentimes if you find something you're really good at, people find a lot of joy in that. Yeah. See, and so I think that, that's where yeah. I have an issue with this whole, like, it's all about happiness. It's all about me, 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 me. I, that's not from, that's not my perspective at all. Yeah. It, for me, it's more like, how do I provide value to someone else? Mm. And it's kind of, but that makes you happy. But you have to be able to look at yourself as a brand, a business, whatever you want to call it, and go, what is, why am I doing this? I mean, whether it's you just want to be 100% completely creative and passionate, like if that's what makes you happy, then that's what you chase. Yeah, or if you want to make a million dollars, I will be the first or person if you to want say to provide that. value to others, yeah. that's what yeah. you chase. What is it and, that people are currently wanting? I, think, I want to provide that. Yeah, There's and, nothing and wrong with that. What's happening whatsoever. too often is like, well, I started this because I want to be like Jimmy DeResta. Yeah. And you look and you go, I'm going to chase Jimmy, 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 Jimmy. And then you're like, why? This sucks. Like, I'm just married to YouTube, right? Nobody will be So then you look at it and you go, well, what about me? And you're like, well, I want to be completely creative every single day of my life. All right, well, how do I make that happen is the next step in there. But if you don't have it on the radar to be able to look and have that, you know, foresight, hindsight, whatever you want to call it, then you're never going to get there. And then you're just going to fail and be miserable. And then you're going to go on to the next thing. And you're going to put the system that got you to failure in the past into the next thing you're doing. And it's just a rabbit hole. Instead of being able to look yourself in the mirror, evaluate what you want, what you did wrong, what you're doing good. Yeah. And as Evan was kind of touching on, if you want to try a thousand different things, like try them by all means if, if that's the route you want to take. But when one works, it doesn't necessarily mean that that's 100% where you need to go with your life. And so like a viral piece of content, you don't have to chase it. Or a successful piece of custom furniture that's selling for you in the moment, you don't have to chase it. Look at this, look at it, take what you can away from it and implement it into the things you want to be doing. And that's kind of like, I think an overarching piece of advice that all of us in a roundabout way could potentially say like, yes, you know, if, if you're willing to look yourself in the mirror, ask the hard questions then you can take something away from it and it's not always going to be, uh, you know, Zach's answer 
Laura's answer, John's answer, Brad's answer, April's answer, whoever, to your specific question, you have to be able to ask yourself those things. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think that's kind of what's most important. Yeah, I, I love this. I mean, just just having everybody around this table and and even like the the disagreement and the conversation, the points of view, because what works for you is what works for you, and you have to find that. And even if you do want to be the next Jimmy Dressa, you can try, you know, I still think like you go do that because then you're going to find out along the way that that's not what really works and you're going to have to pin it. I was going to say, it's almost like the design process, like what Zach was saying and Caitlin and Evan. I like that. That's, that's weird. weird. Yeah, that's weird. I don't, I don't know why I said that. Fourth channel. Caitlin and Evan. Um, don't, don't say no to anything. Try it all out. Yeah. And then go down and see where it leads you. There's nothing yep. wrong with that. Right. You know, I didn't know that I was passionate about this until I got into it. And then I discovered not only am I passionate about making, but I'm also passionate about uh, communicating yeah, because you're I, 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 offering something to someone else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so and that's can, where you're going to find the success, I think, is if you prove to be valuable to someone else. Because yeah. otherwise, like, well, what's the point? That's what teaching as anybody, like, yeah. as as a like, your job as a business is to create value for other people. Right. Right. I mean, you don't create value for now. You the the niceties about it is that you feel good about it, but a business is a business because you make money. Like there's, let's make no doubt about that. Everybody here is a full-time creator because we bring in income from different sources and how much joy we get out of making that income is different, right? Whether it's a desk job or you're making stuff all day is that in the end running a business, your job is to make money and that's just it. And like, how happy how can do you, you be do that? do that? And how do you do that? And how do you make other happy? How do you make other happy people? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I make happy people. But we actually do have uh, dinner reservations soon, so we actually have to wrap this up. This is a fantastic conversation. Love hanging out with you guys. And like, uh, this is just also kind of like a little peek behind the curtains of like. This is pretty much the our conversation regular conversation we have. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. over dinner. Time. We're gonna have the same conversation over dinner and yes. talk about what we talked about. And uh, and and Zach's gonna flush out the uh, walnut table, walnut yeah, yeah. leg, yep. hairpin <laughs> legs. But um, thank you guys so much for being on the podcast for and uh, everybody else. Uh, and and for those of you who have not been on the show yet, Zach and Adam and Caitlin, uh, we hope we can get you some time and get you guys on the show this weekend. If yeah. not, we'll we'll set up and so we can hear more about y'all's y'all's story. So. Uh, thank you so much, and uh, thanks, audience, for listening in. Yeah, appreciate you guys. Stay inspired. Thanks. Dude, that was an awesome, awesome experience. Like having that many people. Uh, and thank you, special thanks to Evan and Caitlin for letting us borrow some of their recording gear uh, to to get that episode done. But man, that was so much fun. And and I loved like the I loved the different points and counterpoints and it just goes to show uh in the community there's so many different ways to do it and even ways to think about it and ways to succeed and ways that everybody runs their own business and their own channels and hearing all those conversations and viewpoints uh, man i just i love that yeah i mean i think that's a that's kind of like a point to life is that there's not one path to go about doing anything um, if, if that, <laughs> if that conversation didn't show you that, um, I don't know what could, there's so many different mindsets and thought processes on business and creativity and, uh, being a maker in, especially in the, um, YouTube community, uh, is just an unbelievable opportunity to get everyone together. I wish we weren't constrained by a, uh, dinner we had to go to, or I think that conversation could have went on for like four hours, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> It was such an amazing like, time. If we were like just in a studio, man, that'd be odd. Just like be in some studio where we're just like all have our own headphones. I'd be just like go on and just epic four hour long, you know, Tim <laughs> Ferriss style episode. Yes, you would love to have 
crispy clean audio like that. But I, I, I was I, I was I'm totally fine with being in the very acoustically yeah, awful just rough and tough room. people yeah. walking down the hallways. It was great. But awesome show. Um really want you know just one more time I want to thank each and every one of you for listening. A hundred episodes, absolutely incredible, super exciting. Uh so pumped for the future. I appreciate all of you. And uh absolutely and and, and head over to our Facebook group. Like we we know most of you um, have heard about this and a lot of you have joined, but you can go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash made for profit tribe. Uh, and that is our open Facebook group where we have, you know, over a thousand people over there that are having business conversations and joining in on the conversation around growing your business and taking what we talk about on the show and taking it to the next level and talking about specific situations. Uh, and, and that has been one of the greatest things that has grown out of these past hundred episodes is that community and giving you guys that it's not just a one way us talking to you. You're now all talking to each other and, and helping each other out. And that's an amazing community. So if you're not part of it, go check it out. Yeah. And if you're not following everyone that was on the show, we will have all of at least one of their social links listed in the show notes. And you can check those out at madeforprofit.com forward slash episode 100. 100. Dun, dun, yes. Dun. Awesome. All right, guys, we will catch you next week on episode 101. Peace. Later.